Let us worship God. From Exodus 12. In preparation to hear these words, let us pray. Holy One, you are the source and giver of all love. Open our ears to hear your call to love and grant us grace to embrace and live in that love. Amen. The Holy One said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month, shall mark for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole congregation of Israel that on the 10th of this month, they are to take a lamb for each family, a lamb for each household. If a household is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join its closest neighbor in obtaining one. The lamb shall be divided in proportion to the number of people who eat of it. This day shall be a day of remembrance for you. You shall celebrate it as a festival to God. Throughout your generations, you shall observe it as a perpetual ordinance. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God.
Our second reading today is from the Book of Romans, chapters 13, verses 8 through 10. Owe no one anything except to love one another, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Here ends the reading. Often from this pulpit, you hear the brilliant words of Pastor Myers and others conjuring up great philosophers and writers, artists and theologians, the searchers and the enlightened people. Yeah. Allow me to tell you about the holy trinity of Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, and Elmer Fudd. Any one of certain generations who grew up on Saturday morning cartoons remembers one in which Bugs and Daffy are trying to convince hapless hunter Elmer Fudd that it's either duck season to Bugs' benefit or wabbit season to Daffy's benefit. A series of disguises, pronoun troubles, and spelling mishaps, all ending with Daffy being fired on, concludes with Bugs dressing like a game warden, uh, to, a, to whom a frustrated, confused, tearful Elmer Fudd confides that he doesn't know if it's wabbit season or duck season, goat season, dirty skunk season, or pigeon season. Can you tell me what season it really is? Why, everyone knows, says Bugs, it's baseball season. <laughs> after he, as he tosses a baseball into the distance and Elmer Fudd runs off shooting after it. For me, the start of baseball season has always been a time of fresh beginnings, always falling near Easter. It is my time of remembrance and optimism when the late Detroit Tigers broadcaster Ernie Harwell would open every season quoting from the Song of Solomon. For lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth, the time of the singing of birds is come, and the voice of the turtle is heard in our land. Or to quote Robert Redford's Roy Hobbs in the movie version of The Natural, much preferred, in my opinion, to the book, the original pessimistic, defeatist book. I love baseball. So when I took my son to the University of Iowa last month for the start of his sophomore year, I made it a priority to zig zigzag the back roads of eastern Iowa to the site where yet another baseball movie, Field of Dreams, was shot. Is it heaven? No. It's Iowa. <laughs> the movie, of course, has a mystical ending with religious overtones, which author W.P. Kinsella, who wrote the book Shoeless Joe, on which the movie is based, always found funny. He was, after all, an atheist. At their heart, the start of baseball season, the natural field of dreams, perhaps even Bugs Bunny cartoons, are about the faith it takes to follow a dream, to follow what you know you just know 
is true, is right, or just. I struggle with that in the context of Christianity. What are these fantastical stories in the Bible, these parables? What's the fascination with the number 40 and the number 12? And why does seemingly everyone always seem to say, be not afraid? I'm afraid every day. Okay, not to the point of keeping myself locked in my apartment or not taking Muni or not walking after dark, but what does the future hold? What will the world be like for my son? At times, I feel more like Elmer Fudd than anyone. I'm frustrated, I'm confused, I'm certainly hapless at times, but I also know it takes a certain amount of optimism, of dreaming, of faith, however defined, to get to the next day and think of a future. I have questions. What is faith in my daily life? Why do I feel a spirit strong enough to believe all will be well? Because I really do feel that all will be well. And really, who or what is this God character? And will they judge me? Really judge when my body dies? These are the things I struggle with every day. We talk about God's loving presence here, and I guess that grounds me to some degree, regardless of this Judgment Day thing. I believe people can make a positive change in their lives and the lives of others, and maybe move the needle of our society to one that's more accepting, more understanding, more loving. Owe no one anything, our scripture from Romans says this morning, except to love one another, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Love, check. No adultery, check. No murder, check. No stealing, check. No coveting, well, there always is chocolate. Celebrate that loving presence that brings us together today. Whatever your faith journey, celebrate what brought you here to 7th Avenue and whatever helps you become a better you and to help create a better society. Whether it's duck season or wabbit season or dirty skunk season or baseball season, it is the season of us a loving presence in community. Amen. As the scriptures for this year's Lay Led Sunday were being decided, I was in Oregon, sitting under lush green trees, under a partly cloudy sky in my dirty jeans, noting at the back of my awareness the squirrels scamper in the underbrush. I was gathered around a campfire at our family's annual camping trip, 
organized each year with love and determination by my mom and observed like a perpetual ordinance in our family. I was listening to my niece describe her first year at music, art, dance, and drama camp, or MAD camp, on the Oregon coast. You see, camp and retreat ministries is something that the Oregon-Idaho Conference of the United Methodist Church, where I grew up, does particularly well. And I, about 30 years ago, also attended MAD camp at the Oregon coast, and my father, a retired United Methodist pastor, was one of the first counselors at MAD camp almost 50 years ago. In fact, I started attending sleepaway church camp at eight years old every single year, followed by becoming a counselor after high school and then a co-dean with my twin sister, also a United Methodist pastor. Church camp and camping in general is woven into my spiritual DNA, a nervous system shortcut to remembering why we are here who God is, and how to be in community with others and with creation. As Abby, my niece, began sharing the songs she sang around the campfire, I joined in, recalling every single word. I think of today's scripture. This day shall be a day of remembrance for you. Here we were, as a family, participating in the very thing that connected me to God, to my community, my heart, and my eight-year-old, 14-year-old, 20-year-old, and current self, singing with others under trees around a fire. It only takes a spark to get a fire going, and soon all those around can warm up to its glowing. That's how it is with God's love. Once you've experienced it, you spread God's love to everyone. You want to pass it on. Some of the rest of you know that song as well. My heart swells, the squabbles with my teenage cabin mates as we sit on musty vinyl mattresses grit between our toes, the dull ache behind my eyes as I, the adult in charge, can't get excited little girls to fall asleep, or the annoyance that arises with my spouse when I can't figure out where the flashlights are packed. All of this dissipates when we join together in song, some silly, mm -mm, went the little green frog one day, and some heartfelt, have you ever stood at the ocean with the white foam at your feet, felt the endless thunder in motion? Then I say, you've seen Jesus, my God. In these moments, I remember. I was thinking of this two weeks ago in church. We were gathered in our closing circle singing, Amen, and little Nika was in the back of the church holding both arms up to the sky the minute her mom started playing the music on the organ. It had been quite some time since I had attended church. The drive from Half Moon Bay in a busy summer had, had, myself, had me talking myself out of it more than I'd like to admit. But in that moment, the nervous system shortcut was there. Community, children, circles, singing, and love. Love surging through my body, moving around the circle and coming back towards me. It was as if God was present in the middle as a tongue of fire saying, remember this. Remember me, remember each other. We are on this journey together. 
As a highly sensitive, highly emotional person and therapist, I am reminded often that life is hard. My cynic sometimes overpowers the kumbaya campfire circle love fest, and I struggle to remember who I am and how to love others. I appreciate the preaching at 7th Avenue that acknowledges the suffering, the struggle, the realities of the world. There is a place for all of human experience to exist here, something I strive for in the therapy room as well. All of you, all of me is welcome, even the shadowy parts, the dark parts, the painful parts, the embarrassing parts. Last year, my colleague Aileen and I created a drama therapy show about mothering during the pandemic called The Mothers Are Not Okay. In it, we wove together fictional characters, life experiences of parenting during the pandemic while trying to work online, and historical stories of our mothers and grandmothers. Hers wove in history of escaping the Korean War, mental illness, extreme loss, physical pain, attachment and mine, the Great Depression, feminism and the women's rights movement, anger and voice and attachment. And in the end, we spoke to our mothers and grandmothers, remembering their resilience and the legacies passed on that helped us survive today. At a showing at the National Drama Therapy Conference, a participant said, I loved how remembering was the healing strand through your show. It struck me. Resilience through remembering. Remembering our legacies, our community, and to whom we belong. Remembering ourselves. The ending scenes were filmed in nature, and Aileen and I sang a song, written by Luba, by the way, over images of us running free with our children outside under trees and at the ocean after being trapped in our houses. I saw my spiritual DNA woven through the entire show. It was a love letter to my community of mothers and a reminder of who I am. This summer, I attended a workshop called Anti-Semitism and Drama Therapy with other creative arts therapists. I was only one of two non-Jewish participants and spent a lot of time witnessing, listening, and taking in the experience of others. At the end of the workshop, one younger member who grew up attending Camp Tawanga, a Jewish leadership summer camp, began singing a song. The leader standing next to her was at least 15 years older than her, but she immediately joined in with the lyrics. Then I witnessed as they wrapped their arms around each other's shoulders, closed their eyes, tilted their chins towards the ceiling, and remembered. In a world of anti-Semitism with a history of collective trauma, they clung to each other, the joy radiating from their faces, singing a song a nervous system shortcut as they remembered who they were, to whom they belonged, and that they were deeply, deeply loved. That's how it is with God's love. Once you've experienced it, you spread God's love to everyone. You want to pass it on. Amen.
As we continue now with the prayer chants, you are invited in the silence of your hearts to offer your prayers of intercession and supplication, those prayers for the world, for those you love, and for yourself to be given to God. Oh, we'll be 
Holy One, you have fed us in song, in story, in presence, and in community. And for that, we give you our thanks and our praise. Amen. As you go forth, close your eyes, tilt your chin skyward, and remember who you are and to whom you belong. For lo, the winter is past, 
The rain is over and gone. The time of singing has come. Let's play ball. <laughs> And may the grace of God who created you in love, the peace of Christ who teaches it is possible to be love, and the power of the Spirit who calls you ever forward into new experiences of love be and abide with you this day, this week, and evermore. Amen.